You're listening to Bedroom Beethoven's, where notable music makers break down stories accompanied by songs and melodies documenting growth through their 10,000-hour journey. And me? Well, my name is Cello, your host. I am a bedroom Beethoven. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to episode 82 of the podcast. From Flint, Michigan to Texas, my guest this week is. I go by Nameless uh, from Flint, Michigan. Let it breathe for a minute. I produce tracks with Clear Soul Forces, Lyric Jones, Blue, Guilty Simpson, Black Milk, um, Name Tag Alexander, just to name a few. Don't sell yourself uh-huh, to uh-huh. fall in love. All these things you do. She said that she could be well-grounded, keeping me focused. Make sure I keep going and not to deviate from my goal list. I'm grown, ain't trying to end up alone and old. And you ain't trying to be a Wilona alone at home. What's on your heart and your mind? We can have a discussion. So you having difficulty when it come to trusting. Uh, word, I listen and emphasize. Because I know how it gets through relationships. Veteran producer Nameless has a lot on his mind from the tumultuous year that was 2019 carried into 2020, which I don't even need to tell you how horrible this year is shaping up, but he's keeping his head up and on the other side of dark times, he's creating some of the best music in his life, truly. And we chat about those times. We chat about feeling vulnerable. We chat about having imposter syndrome, defining his footing in the beat making arena and the untimely fallout of clear soul forces, street corner music and all things Detroit. Not saying there was a fallout, but relationships change, people evolve, his drum kit is freshly available, and his new tape chips is on the way. In the meantime, connect with your boy on social. Instagram is Bedroom Beethoven's, Twitter is Bedroom Beat Pod, Patreon.com slash Bedroom Beethoven's to support, and BedroomBeethoven's.com for the overview. You get all that? Good. Not to sound like a broken record every episode, but I have to plug the goods so you can find your way to them. This is a special episode for me because one of the first vinyl I bought when the resurgence happened in the early 2010s was Nameless's fully produced body of work with Clear Soul Forces Fab Five. Five years later, I get to sit down with him. I think it's a uh, it's an opportunity one can only have if he creates a podcast, I suppose. So here I am, here he is. Let's get into it. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm excited that there's another Texan on the show because now we can talk about how people go into H-E-B without masks <laughs> and complain. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, what's funny is, so back in February, you tweeted, I just need a tour manager or something. I need to start getting paid on the road doing what I love, which couldn't have been worse timing, my dude. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, at this point, everybody feels that way, no? Yeah, that's that's true. Well, I mean, at at the least, I hope you're you're still sticking to the weight loss though, because it's hard to relapse or pick up unhealthy eating habits when you're home all day. Oh no, actually, actually, I've been doing good. Actually, I, I dropped I, I dropped fifty pounds so far. I'm like fifteen pounds away from the goal weight. I mean, I, I haven't been 
I haven't been eating like a slob or whatever. I, I still been moderating what I what I eat. You know, I, I get up to walk daily. You know, I drink a lot of water, so I mean, I, I've been doing good. Well, I think I think my biggest thing with this is like I'm I'm 35. You know, I got two kids. I'm dealing with this time the best I can. But I, I think the biggest right. issue I'm having in my 30s is like having having lost friends over this. Like there's there's a side of the coin where I'm figuring out during quarantine who's really there for me. And since March, when this quarantine broke out, you know, I, I've had yeah. friends for over 20 years, and I haven't gotten one text from them asking me how me and my family are. And I don't know how to I don't know how to take yeah. that because this is a once in a lifetime thing we're we're experiencing. And then on the other side of the coin. My single friends can't relate to my lifestyle now as a husband and a father combined with lack of free time. So it's just rough all right. the way around. I think it's just a mix of emo- a mixture of emotions. Like we in a, a new ass pandemic. <laughs> like I don't think people know how to how to deal with it right now. I think people still in shock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate to that. And did this did this affect or disrupt any day jobs that you might have had? For me, no. Actually, I've, I've just I've I've been on a leap of faith journey before this pandemic even started. So, so you 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 were a truck driver at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to drive trucks. Um, I, I stopped last year, got laid off or whatever. But yeah, I used to drive trucks. I've been driving trucks for like I started in twenty fifteen. And ended in last year. Is this is this the kind of truck driver where you're home one week out of the month or you're home every night? Uh, this is like when you like home for like a few days and then you back on the road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was I was I was doing I was doing over the road, so I was driving all over the country. You know what I'm saying? So I, I barely had any home time, and, and when I would go home, it would be for like one or two days tops, and then back to it. So how did you balance that with music and home life and all that? Well, I, I've I've brought my uh, laptop and beat machine with me. So every time I would get rid of a load, well, be done with the load, and when I would have to park, I just play the beats <laughs> in t- until I fall asleep, pretty much. Yeah, my my brother is a truck driver, and he tells me like everyone, and I mean everyone, is either having failed relationships or divorced, and you can't help but think that no matter how good your communication skills are, it's hard to hold down that that job, you know, albeit it's a respectable and you're providing for your family, but it's kind of hard to nail down the blueprint on how to keep the home life steady, your work, when you're only home like 25% of the month. And, and this goes for soldiers being deployed overseas or you're right. touring the world as a musician or whatever it might be, right. so it's hard. That jobs like those, it, it, it does come with a price i mean it's it's a hard pill to swallow like some some families won't wouldn't be able to to deal with a loved one being gone for for so long and then when they come back it's only for a short period of time so like most people would know how to handle that and then other people are understanding of it you know what i'm saying they just roll with the they just know how to roll with the punches better and aside from that you're you're a pretty good artist as well, but but not the kind that goes into people's Instagram comments and advertise your design services for 25% off. I mean, <laughs> a real artist. <laughs> Appreciate it. So I, let's run that back. So you see a music video like This Is America by Childish Gambino. You're watching that video or you're yeah. seeing Jada Pinkett invite her husband onto a show to talk about her stepping out on him. How, what, what inspires yeah. you to draw those things, like your subject matter? I, to be honest, I'd be bored, man. <laughs> I'd be, I mean, I am bored. You know what I'm saying? And then at the time, it, it was hilarious because <laughs> it was a whole bunch of August Alcina memes going on 
that you, I, I couldn't help but to, you know what, let me <laughs> let me get this idea out of my, my this funny ass idea out of my head. So at the time, I was just like, I didn't think I didn't think it was going to get that much attention because, you know, I was, you know, I, I just do what I normally do. I just post some art and just post it on my Instagram and then I just keep it moving. What's your feelings on that? Did everybody's stock go down? Did August's stock go down? Did Will Smith's stock go down? Do you think that was, that was a very unique way to handle a situation like that? To, to be honest, I it it didn't hurt the Smiths at all. <laughs> if anything, it may it, it it put more light on them because I I mean, wasn't August Alcina's whole objective was to get a to promote music out of this out of the, in the first place? Because I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he did come out with a joint called Entanglements, right? Just out of nowhere, right? <laughs> kind of like Ray J's "I Hit It First. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he was like the only person that was able to capitalize off of off of affair, and it, it made it made a song off of it. You know, what I'm and then and then Ray J's his joint was more blunt anyway. It was like, hey, I hit it first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, August, he just came out of nowhere with a joint just called Entanglement. Yeah. And then you only came out with that because Jada said it. But like you said, like you're, you you post something and like your art goes viral and it's a gift and a curse, right? Because your art is good enough to go viral. But once the internet gets a hold of it, you don't get credit and it spins out of control. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a, that's like another thing. It, it just comes with a game. It just, it just. It's just something us artists got to deal with. Like, for for example, that This Is America joint I did, like, that joint was vandalized so many times. Like, I, I've seen so many weird, stupid memes with that thing on it that, that didn't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and, and even, and, and I had my old, uh, my old art logo on there, which was small to the point that it, it goes overlooked. So... That pretty much made me like redo my watermarks. Like I had to make a whole new logo, bigger, bigger logo with that. Roll with the punches. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, just gotta roll with the punches. Like it, it, it just sucks because I, I feel for every artist that that goes through that. It'd it be a whole lot of people, and and I'll go, I'll go on my timeline. I see a whole bunch of people posting arts of that I know that my homeboys did, and they don't give them credit. And I be trying to, I be trying to post in the comments like, hey. Such and such did this, like show them love. You know what I'm saying? I, like I be trying, but it just be a whole lot of people that just <laughs> just don't want to give people their credit, man. Well, that's how I felt. Uh, you know, artists do it. Producers, um, even on like cover art or something, you don't really see the producer getting. My homeboy back here, he's shaking his head like he. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, that's a whole nother thing. Like to to be honest, I I think that's I think that's kind of dying down now. I think like people are. Really, I think the producers are starting to get their get their respect like they should have been years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like Jay Fasashi. You know what I'm saying? With the whole West Side Gun, he hooked Jay Fasashi all the all the way up. Even named the song Fasashi. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. Like that that's 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 the type of love that producers be dreaming for, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just wish more of that happens often. Hey. 
and and I, I mentioned uh, you know we're Texans at the beginning, but you you grew up in Flint, Michigan. That is that where you credit growing up? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was born. I was literally born in Minnesota, and then moved to Michigan, and then I was raised in Flint until I graduated, and then moved to Texas. Okay, so I I did like I just wanted to kind of see the the date on the city, and in 1979 there were 85,000 auto worker jobs in the city of Flint, and now. There's 100,000 people total in Flint. And obviously, you don't live there anymore. But if you grew up there, it seems like you got to experience Flint during the better years. The better years as far as Flint in general, because like you have to you got to be specific when it comes to when you say better years, because Flint is <laughs> for years. Flint has been like top 10 most dangerous cities. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. When you don't li- when you live outside of that bubble, Flint didn't get much attention until the water issue for, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause Flint been, Flint been an issue way before the whole water thing. But was that, but was that water crisis that, that had nothing to do with race though? No, but, but that's the no. way the media span it. Like they, they, they wanted you to think it. <laughs> Of course they would. I, I I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. But the whole water thing that had absolutely nothing to do with race. I I, I don't know who would even try to <laughs> spin it like that. But no, that's ridiculous. Flint was buying its water from Detroit in an effort to save money. They switched their water source to the Flint River, which isn't known for being clean, and the water required additional chemicals for treatment to make it safe. And these more aggressive chemicals corroded the, the lead service lines and caused lead contamination. But at this point in the story, there, when I read that, it's like, why are they bringing race into that? You know, black, white, brown, yellow, purple. It doesn't change the fact that Flint was broke and they look for a cheaper water source. So I, I don't know. It may be um, Flint it, it just has poor suburbs or they were neglected by Michigan because there's no money to be made. Maybe there's no economy. But only the bad parts are highlighted in the media, and I, I just never understood that. Yeah, that, that that that's a bit of a reach, if you ask me. But before there was Michigan and Texas, you, did you move to Florida? Um, that's when I uh, met up with my ex-wife, because um, she's from Florida or whatever. And I had moved to Chicago for, for a short period of time, and we were dating at the time, <clears throat> and... That's when uh, little Gav was born, and so we moved to Florida. Florida, Florida's actually nice, and uh, I w- if if I were to move back there, I would move to Orlando, yeah, or either Orlando or Tampa, because I was staying in Tallahassee at the time. But then again, the whole truck job, I was always gone. So, <laughs> and then where did college, like college in Texas and Fort Worth, where did that kind of balance in? Well, me, I went when I first moved to Texas. I went to I went to college in Houston, so I don't know much about the college life from Fort Worth. I mean, well, Fort Worth, you know, Fort Worth is like quiet, more more of a more college town with TCU and all that. And uh, when I moved to Florida, I was just working, you know, so. It's interesting you say that 2015 is when you were trucking because I think that was the year that I blind bought the Clear Soul Forces album. Uh, they were signed the Fat Beats, and I remember I, I used to visit Fat Beats, and I didn't know much about them. And on the front cover, it had your name, and because it said Fab Five, I thought, and this is just a naive, I thought you were a permanent part of the group. But in later iterations, it went back to the core four. Can you can you help explain that situation? Was it a one and done, or some things happened along the line? It, it it was it was kind of a situation 
I, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk like I know all the facts, but what they was telling me, what because it was it was supposed to be it was supposed to be like a like a solid group thing, like Fat Five. That's that's me and Clear Soul Forces. That's that's a whole group in one. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even supposed to be produced by Nameless because everybody knows I'm in the group. You know what I'm saying? Any any. And it sounds so nice. Hip hop, you the love of my life. We about to take it to the top. To the top. One time for the boom bap. A combination backpack. It's a book for rap, rap, rap. And it sounds so nice. But they, they, they were, they were in a uh, a situation that had to get like an album out of the way or whatever. They used Fat Five as part of their part of their albums, and, and, and they and they just included "Produced by Nameless" at the bottom. It's, 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 it's way more complicated, but I, I don't know all of the facts, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much along the lines of that. Yeah, because they had a producer, uh, Elijah Day, who, who he felt like he was gaining steam as a producer. But he, I mean, he's a producer and he stepped back and let you take over. Was that an awkward situation? Mm-mm, mm-mm. That was that was part of the plan. Like he... He always he 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 always wanna wanna rock on my beats. Like every other day he hit me up like yo send me some beats. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was just on some on some homie shit or whatever. Like if I was a rapper, <laughs> I'd rap on his shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people have egos where they don't allow that, so I'm glad that you two are you, you can coexist like that and collaborate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. Me and yeah, me and Elijah they like we we be having like before the whole Fat Five joint, we was having like IG battles. You know what I'm saying? Like back then, you know, back then where the clips were, were like 15 seconds. You know what I'm saying? We would have like 15 second beat clips just battling each other. Like, hey, nameless, you can't do this. Yo, Elijah, you can't fuck with this shit. You know what I'm saying? So we we always we been fuck with each other's beats or whatever. So. And then it was a no-brainer that it was going to be the same way when we linked up to do the Fat Five shit. So back then, back then, like you're using like the trial version of FL Studio versus the full version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Foodie Loops. Uh, I started using FL Studio the draft version. Uh, I want to say oh three, oh four, oh five, one of those years. And I I just been on I just been on that until I got to the native instruments machine. But along the years of using FL Studio, that's when I that's when I made Beats Original One, the 16 bit, Beats Original Two, and you know, the Moonwalker project and all the, and all that stuff. I've I've been on FL Studio, the draft version. I didn't even have a real, the real joint. So, so if I want to buy a beat from you present day, how much am I looking to spend? Oh man, <laughs> you, you don't have to get specific, but am I in the four figure in in the in that range? Oh no, no, I'm I'm not that expensive. Because in 2009, when you dropped those tapes, you were only charging a hundred dollars a beat. Yeah, yeah, I, and I still kind of charge around that around that range, but I charge for like. Adding stems and and I, and of course I charge more if the person wanna want ownership or whatever. So yeah, I'm 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 not expensive when it comes to that. Damn. Well, what people don't realize, like when we're talking about Beats Original Volume One and the 16-bit project, 
they don't realize how heavy of a project that was, right? Because if you release that, you were vulnerable at the time. If people said you were whack or this tape was trash, you might have accepted that criticism and quit because you didn't build yourself up as a producer yet. Uh, that and and also, uh, yeah, yeah, you got that on the nose because when I when I came when I released Volume One, you know, what I'm saying I I was just testing the waters, you know, what I'm saying like. I I, th- I thought I was straight, and you know, and you know the homies that's been around you, you know, they always going to say your shit is dope, but you know, like I want to hear what a person that a person that doesn't know me at all ha- will have to say. Yeah, when I put that out, it was kind of a you know, it, it was kind of stressful because <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I, I didn't know what to expect. I just put it out there. Yeah, because you released that you released MJ the Moonwalker Project a year before. Um, the Man in the Mirror mixtape produced by Mark Ronson and Rhymefest came out. And then the 16-bit project was marred by comparisons to DiBiase. So it's almost like you can't create a project without saying Simpsons did it first. You know what I mean? <laughs> I recorded. MySpace. Facebook. <laughs> Black Planet. Oh, no. You know what? You know what? Yeah. I lost one or two of I actually had a person DM me on some hate shit. <laughs> he was like, yo, are you trying to sound like DiBiase, man? Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell this guy, man, your shit is now, whack. Now, I was blessed with a brain and a dick. That's fine. I only got enough blood to use one at a time. If you in the give a hand, we'll be using our mind. But my girl got home at six. We can't be losing the time. All oh, men cheat. Don't act like it's a new thing. I got numbers and try to disguise them in dudes' names like Anthony, Angie, Timothy. And then little little does he know that I ran it by DBIC <laughs> when I when I released the uh, 16 bit because I have been heard of DBIC and when I heard his shit I've already had like video game sample joints in the tuck already when I when I met him on MySpace or whatever I was like oh shit this shit is pretty fly or whatever so I reached out to him on Twitter and told him like yo. Huge fan, I fuck with your shit. You know what I'm saying? Yay, hey, I got I got 16 bit. Want you to hear it? You know what I'm saying? Out of respect, you know what I'm saying? Because I think he was like the only person I heard doing video game flips at the time, other than myself. You know what I'm saying? So he hit me back. Was like, yo, this shit is dope. I fucks with this shit. So I I mean, technically, I received DBIC's blessing to put it out. You know what I'm saying? Because if it wasn't for him saying that that the shit was dope. Y'all wouldn't have even heard of 16-bit. I feel like when you directly reach out to an artist to either talk or collab or do business, you're putting your pride aside. Is it more times often than not that it's become a bad experience at your expense? Mm, that's kind of like a difficult question. I mean, because like like you said, like people who do be like having having pride issues, like they rate too proud to, you know, saying reach out or some people they might be scared of rejection. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've had those moments. You know, like I'd be scared of rejection, or I feel like who are you to tell me that my shit is not this or not that or whatever? So it, it just it just goes with pride and ego that people just gotta put aside. That's all. Has it gotten better? I mean, when you're directly reaching out to artists? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll. I, I have no shame in reaching out. Like I've been reaching out to everybody. Like I reached out to, I reached out to Stolen Drums and we we tight. I reached out to Iman Amari and we tight. You know what I'm saying? And and it was all 
I reached out to house shoes. We tight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I have no problem just reaching out to people that I respect or people that I think that's that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, if you sit down and, and you play shoes, Adobe Illustrator, sweat has to be forming on your forehead waiting for his approval. Yeah. Nobody yep. gatekeeps yep. the legacy of Dilla yep. harder than shoes, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was definitely anxious to see what he was going to think about that. And by the grace of God, he fucked with it. <laughs> he, he actually that was the first beat that he that he heard from me, and he said that shit flipped his wig. And you were the first act signed the street corner. Exactly. You, that's Ooh. crazy. That's crazy how it worked out, right? What was the first tape that you released on the label? On street corner music, it yeah. was uh, it was House Shoes presents the Gift Volume One. So the Gift Volume One was sold out online the week before its physical release. Way, way before the physical release. That's that, that's that's crazy. And when you get shine from someone like Questlove, are you able to bankroll a compliment into an opportunity to work together? Or you kind of back off, take the compliment, and try not to press things uh, and turn general admiration into ruining it with a request, you know? It's like when times like that, it's like you got to – Times like that, where you you just gotta stay humble, man. <laughs> to be honest, because <laughs> the average person he 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 will take that and get the biggest head ever, and then shit will just go downhill from there. You know what I'm saying? So with with me, it's I I I just do my best to remain humble. You know what I'm saying? And just take like take the compliments, remain humble. You know what I'm saying? Say, say thank you and all that, and, and keep it moving you know well being born the same month as uh dilla that he that he was born and died in it must be kind of eerie when you think about it february 26th specifically you share the same birthday as johnny cash michael bolton erica badu it's a special day yeah 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 if you man if you if you don't have the same birthday as erica badu man don't don't talk to me dog <laughs> i got the same birthday as ghostface does that count huh i got the same birthday as ghostface oh, okay. that well, counts. you good you good <laughs> you good. You good. You good. You good. I can't say shit to you, bro. Well, this, this, this chips album though, it's not on Street Corner, right? No, no, no. This is this is actually coming coming out on Inset Records. Shout out to Inset Records. Distributed through Fabrics. So why is that? Is the relationship with Street still good? Yeah, 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 yeah. We always good. I, I actually, I, I was talking to House Shoes the last week or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, I gave him, I shot him my first drum kit and all that. Yeah, we we talk all the time. Uh, it's it's just been it's just been decades since I've like sent him any any more beats because you know I will always be on the road working or whatever. So he he will always tell me, "Hey, send me some shit, send me some shit," and I will always mean to send him some shit, but it was always a time consuming situation. So now, so now, so now that I'm not you know on the road anymore, now I actually have the opportunity. To work on some some new shit and to, and to send them a whole folder, you know what I'm saying? Because that's that's been past due. But now that you have the opportunity to sit down and focus on one project without all these distractions of being right. on the road, right. a lot of ups right. and downs right. came with this project, right? I, I'm going to use your words because I have no idea. But if I'm out of bounds, let me know. But you said that you almost wanted to end your life. You lost everything, and the beats for this project were the only solution for you to stay sane. And that's a heavy statement. Yep, yep, it is. <laughs> It is. Uh, I'm just going to say 2019 and 2020 has been some interesting and challenging years for me to get to that dark place. 
But, you know what I'm saying, thankfully, I, you know what I'm saying, talked my way out of it or snapped, snapped out of it. You know what I'm saying? And I just, like I said, I stuck with the stuck with the beats. I've just been making beats daily, daily. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I tweeted like that. I think I tweeted like some of y'all, some of you producers do this just for fun. I tweeted because it's all I have left. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember tweeting that because it, it was true. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally had nothing left. Like I got laid off. Had some issues with the job. Like, Josh wasn't hiring. Only thing I was doing to stay sane was doing doing art and making beats. Through the process, it it, it got me to to making some 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 good beats at that. But you've had the name Chips, the name of this album, in your head for years. It was even on the the bag that Michelle Pfeiffer was holding on Indica Sativa. <laughs> I mean, now you're going through this dark time. I'm sure. The project has evolved over the years. Do you still want to name it that? I mean, are we still dealing with just grocery store background samples? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, because at this point, I, I look at chips as my own version of donuts, as my own version of Supreme clientele, as my own version of confessions or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like chips is chip. Well, because, you know, as as a person, if you know me, I'm 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 a lover of chips anyway. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm I'm always gonna be that random guy that's gonna just blurt out the word chips anyway. <laughs> so it was it was inevitable that I was gonna have a project coming out called Chips. I thought the new tape stuff was your was your love letter to Dilla because there's no beat that's longer than two minutes by design, I'm sure. Well Sup was just, you know what I'm saying, Sup was just some extra joints that I had in the tuck after I finished the project chips because chips been done, you know, chips been turned in already. We just, we got to deal with the whole, uh, hold up because, you know, because of the whole COVID thing, you know what I'm saying? So during that time being patient on getting the, getting the actual release for chips. So, you know, I just been doing what I've been doing, just making beats, making beats. And then, I don't know. I had some pretty cool joints just piled up. I was like, all right, well, let me, let me, uh, let me release this because I know it because it's it's been a minute since I released anything. You know what I'm saying? I think since uh, Gas Money with Little Jones. Shout out to Little Jones. All right. Well, before we get out of here, so Chips is the upcoming tape. Body Slam Drum Kit is out now. Is there anything else you want to let the people know about? Uh, be on the lookout for uh, Forty Acres too, man. We coming out with some shit too. 40 Acres Records. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter. What else can I say? I mean, this isn't the best year to tell someone that, you know, they're killing it, but you're certainly making the best of a terrible year, and I'm sure you will be rewarded by your peers and fans alike when this new music drops, I'm sure. And I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. But I appreciate the kind of words, though. Facts, bro. Yeah, man. Hit me up when the when the PS5 or Xbox One X drops, and let's get on some games together. <laughs> yeah, man. What, hey, how, much, how much that shit cost? Did they say it? They didn't say, man. But we're. I, I'm guessing it'll be like four ninety nine. That's what I'm guessing. And you know what I'm also reading is the generations are going to be shorter, so they're not going to release like these these mid consoles, like the PS4 Pro and the Series yeah. X. Instead of yeah. uh, consoles coming out seven years apart, they're going to shorten it to four to five. So they're going to make more expensive consoles out the gate and more powerful, and then they'll shorten the length if that makes sense. So that's what I'm reading. Oh, okay. yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So if you're if you're paying four hundred bucks for a PS4 and then three years later you got to spend four hundred bucks on a PS4 Pro, they're trying to cut down on shit like that. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, it, it, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah man hit me up and uh you know i appreciate your patience and i appreciate your time above all thanks man all right man likewise man you take it easy man